The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention, when behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. Today I'd like to speak a little bit about St. Joseph very familiar figure. In fact, if I asked you here to close your eyes for a moment and just imagine St. Joseph, I'm sure you'd have no problem imagining what he looks like in your mind, and most would probably be thinking of an older man with white hair and a white beard and some humble brown tunic, uh, probably a little weathered over the years, and just a, a humble old man. And I'd like to today not challenge that, but I'd like to look at his life a little bit more biblically and share with you a few ideas that I've only recently come to learn about St. Joseph. And it will, I feel, have something very important to tell to us today, especially for all of the men here. Now, I was listening to a podcast by a great theologian named Dr. Brant Petre, so I'm going to have to give him a shout out because these are his ideas, not really mine. He was talking about Joseph as the hidden king of the Jews. Everyone got quiet there for a second. That doesn't sound right. The hidden king of the Jews, Joseph, that humble carpenter. He was just the foster father of Jesus, right? Well, there's a lot more to his story. Let's open up scripture in, in Luke's gospel in chapter 2. We read that Joseph went up from Galilee to the town of David called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David. That phrase, the house and family of David, is just, it's very clear there that Joseph is part of the royal family of David. He's one of his descendants. And that's why Matthew's gospel will list all of Joseph's fathers going all the way back to David to show that David or Joseph is part of the royal family. He's royalty. 
Well, if he's royalty, why was he just a humble carpenter in Nazareth? And that's where history kind of has to be looked at. Just briefly, if you imagine after David, you see the Jewish people had gotten to a high point in their existence as a nation. Things were going well. Solomon had built this beautiful temple, but then things didn't go so well when Israel began to break the covenant with God. And eventually, shortly after that moment of glory, they're overrun by the Babylonians and brought into exile, and the temple is destroyed. And the Babylonians, like the Assyrians and the Persians and the, and the Romans, would continually do to the holy people, the chosen people, would be to persecute them and to wipe out any heirs to the throne. Anyone who was of the house of David would be a target because they were a political threat. And so when you read the list of the genealogy of Jesus, the names at the beginning are very clear and we, we know who they are, but after David, they sort of become more hidden and obscure. And the reason for that is because they went underground. They were in hiding. Joseph, being a humble carpenter in Nazareth, is more like a king who's underground hiding, waiting for the time he can take his throne, which in the moment of Jesus was King Herod, the puppet king that the Romans put in charge of Israel. So that might change how we think of St. Joseph. At least he's more like Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings, right? The hidden king, young and strong and valiant as opposed to just an old man who's taking care of Mary and Jesus. And that might tell us something different. When Joseph and Mary are on their way to Bethlehem, we think of Mary because she's nine months pregnant and that had to have been very hard for her. But Joseph is risking his life. He's worried he had to have known going to Bethlehem to put his name down as part of the house of David was putting a target on his back. It was not easy for him to do that. Perhaps he was a little relieved when there was no room in like the public inn. They had to be sort of hidden in the stable. That might have actually been a bit of a relief for Joseph. Now, in case anyone's maybe thinking about this and not really sure if Joseph really could be royalty, Let's look 30 years later after Jesus uh, goes to heaven, he ascends, and the first Christians, now they're bringing the good news all over the Roman Empire, and some of the first Christians, the ones that were persecuted, were those of Jesus' family. So we can read in Eusebius, the historian who wrote in the 300s about this, he's talking about the emperor Vespasian who just in 70 AD, wiped out the temple and destroyed Jerusalem. And the next thing he did after the temple was gone, what did Vespasian do? It says, after the destruction of Jerusalem, the emperor gave orders that all that belonged to the house of David should be sought out in order that none of the royal family would be left among the Jews. This is where James the apostle, who's a cousin or a kinsman of Jesus, was martyred. Anyone who was known to be related to Joseph or Jesus was a target. Well, that's, we could go on forever kind of about this subject. I'd like to bring it home today for specifically the men who are here. Because St. Joseph is given to us as an example of holiness and what it means to be a Christian man. If you think of Joseph's 
struggle as a hidden king, part of the royal family, who's protecting Mary and Joseph, who has to live far from Jerusalem and Nazareth to be safe. And to think of what that daily meant for him, there's a, a saint who wrote in the fourth century, Saint Ephraim, and he writes, he, he, he imagines that he's Joseph, and so he writes as if Joseph is speaking, and Saint Ephraim said, David the king sprang of my race and wore of a crown, and I, Joseph, have come to a low estate to instead of a king, am a carpenter. Yet, Joseph says, a crown has come to me, and my bosom is the Lord of crowns. In my bosom, a way of saying, in my house is Jesus, the King of kings, the greatest treasure anyone could have. And so if we imagine Joseph in this way, yes, he had a humble life. Yes, he had a hard life. Yes, he gave his life for the good of his family. And yet he was one of the richest men who ever walked the earth. In his home, he had Jesus and Mary. For the men here today, in your home, if you're a father or a grandfather, your children truly are your greatest treasure. I know every one of you would say that. Giving your life for your children might mean you go to work and your paycheck on every month when you get that paycheck, it, it's going to pay for expenses that are for, for your children. For your house, you don't get to always enjoy all of that paycheck for yourself. There's a lot of things that might stress you out, things that you kind of keep from your children, right, so that they don't see you worried, but you know at night you're worried often about their well-being. As men, you're called to give your life for them, to fight for your bride, to be faithful to those marriage vows. And you might not receive a crown here on earth, in fact, often being a man and doing those simple things that men do of protecting and providing isn't always lifted up culturally as some, a high ideal. But you're more like Joseph than you realize. I was reflecting on this and I just was thinking of what our baptism means. All of you are a hidden king. You are royalty by your baptism. After you were baptized and the priest poured water on your head, they then anointed the crown of your head with holy oil, sacred chrism, because you are now part by your baptism of the royal family of God. When you get to heaven, you're gonna wear a crown, and you're building that crown right now here on earth, perhaps in a humble way, just taking care of your home, loving your wife with all of your heart. That's a beautiful way to become a saint. Being a saint isn't always about amazing big things. It can be doing the simple daily things with great love. So let us, uh, for the men here especially, take this example of St. Joseph as a call to holiness, a call to appreciate and value the, the little things of life that mean so much to your children and to your wife. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.